Welcome to Maybe You're Interested, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics in culture, questions from scripture, or things that we just find humorous or interesting. This podcast is brought to you by Northview Church in Kodak, Tennessee, and you can reach out to us anytime by visiting our website at www.mynorthview.church. Thanks for joining us. And now, on to this week's episode. Well, hello, and welcome to Maybe You're Interested. We are back after a long three or four, five week, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while. Maybe longer than that, yeah. I'm Pastor Greg from Northview Church, joined as always by Mr. Jesse Kate. Yep. He's the reason we've been off. <laughs> Not really. Some of it's been me, but it's mostly been it's Jesse. It's mainly been me. Yeah, we, Je- uh, we just bought a new house and uh, getting moved in and painting and doing all that fun stuff. So Sweet. it's been, been a, an interesting process, but I'm happy to be back and happy to have uh, Tuesday Nights Free again. So I, I'm sure that. Our massive audience has missed us for these last few weeks. My mom and dad have really been on my back. Shout out mom podcast. and dad. Yeah, that's right. And my wife. Yep. Megan sometimes. Yeah. I think Christy just listens to listen to you because <laughs> she hears me griping about stuff all the time. So anyways, <laughs> we got a, I think it's a fun topic tonight. Yeah. We we had been doing you know sermon follow-ups where we've been doing some questions to follow up from the previous message, but we're going a little bit different route tonight and uh, talking about a topic that I think is interesting and a debate that I've had with friends of mine for the last probably four or five years, yeah. and we're going to talk about worship. So we should have had your wife here. Yep. That was a mistake. That Oversight. was your fault. Yep. Yeah. I told you, and you just didn't follow through. <laughs> I don't remember it that way, but we can we yeah, can say that. You shouldn't remember it that way, because I just thought about it about five <laughs> minutes ago that we should have had your wife. You know, we so we planned this for, this was, we'd planned this one uh, prior to me needing to take so many weeks off for True. all this stuff. And uh, I think we said then, hey, it would be a really good idea to have Megan on. We probably did. Yeah, and then uh, we got back together, and we were going to get to do it tonight, and uh, neither of us thought of it, so. Yeah, well. We are men, so yeah. Anyways, she was going shopping. Anyways, she's she's having a blast. She oh, needs some. Time, she would yeah. rather do that than sit here and talk to us. <laughs> yeah, she gets to talk to me all the time. So, yeah. so anyways, talking about worship, um, you know, we're not going to talk about you know leading worship or anything like that. It may get into that a little bit, but we're not worship leaders, so we'll be terrible at that topic. Yep. But we are going to talk about uh, like music choices. Um, the kind of worship music we should do, shouldn't do, what the debates are that we've heard going on in churches and yeah. um, among some friends of mine that are pastors in churches or worship pastors in churches. Um, and there's a lot, lot of debate about certain songs, certain, um, we'll call them publishers, but they're really churches that are putting out music, yeah. writing music um, that really are, I mean, they're just prevalent in every single church because they churn out so much music. I mean, you oh, look yeah. at look at churches like Hillsong, yeah, or Bethel, or Elevation. Yeah. Those are probably the big three hitters. Yeah. Um, Gateway does some stuff, but those those first three are probably the big ones. Is Jesus Culture is that a church or is that just exclusively a band? Jesus Culture came out of Bethel. Oh, okay. I did um, not know that. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what all that dynamic is. To be perfectly honest with you, but. Yeah. I think it's one of those, you know, Hillsong, you got Hillsong United, Hillsong oh, Worship, like Hillsong six, Live, yeah. Hillsong, 
Young, Young and, and Free. free. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. got a lot of Hill songs. That's nuts. I think Jesus Culture is kind of like that out of yeah. Bethel. I could be wrong. Okay, um, I'm sure your dad will correct me because he knows all that stuff, right? <laughs> Yeah, he keeps up with it. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, th- those three mainly, among some others, but those yeah. are those are the heavy hitters. And it seems like they're putting out a new album. Gosh, every six months or more, it yeah. seems like sometimes. So naturally, because there's so much music coming out, uh, churches like ours and and any church that's doing more modern style worship does a lot of their kind of music. Yeah. Um, but there's a huge debate around that kind of music. Yeah. So so a couple of questions that we're going to talk about tonight is, number one, should we do music from churches that have questionable theology? If you look at Bethel, um, we're not even in the same realm of their theology. We, yeah. we would um, – I mean, we would say that much of their theology – if not all of their theology is heretical, um, they, they we won't get into what what those things are tonight. It might be a great topic for another yep. week. Um, but, I'm sure but what, Bethel would love to see this podcast. Yeah, Bethel could care less <laughs> about sure what could. we say. Yeah, um, but but I believe, and and most evangelical leaders would believe that what they teach is anti-biblical. Yeah, um, Hillsong. Not as much on, on the heretical side, but there are some issues, some theological issues with Hillsong that we would disagree with. And Elevation, uh, surprisingly, we agree with a lot of Elevation's um, theological positions. We don't agree with a lot of their teaching. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the problem that, that you've got with these, these different churches that are putting out um, this music. Because naturally, if you listen to Elevation... That kind of goes back to Stephen Furtick, the pastor at um, Elevation. If you listen to Hillsong, it goes back to Brian Houston. If you listen to Bethel, it goes back to yeah. that guy there, Bill Johnson, I think, is his name. Yeah, I have no idea. So yeah, I'm going to take your word on it. We're going to go with that. <laughs> so anyways, what are your thoughts on that, Jesse? Should, when we tackle music from these churches that are so controversial, yeah. should we? I think um, – you know, and I before we did the podcast tonight, I wrote down a lot of songs that um, that each one does, and I think that as a church, it's our kind of responsibility to do our due diligence on those songs and make sure that you know when we're looking at them. And I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but when we're looking at them, do they align with what we're teaching and what we believe to be true um, and what we know to be true in the Bible? And um, I think. I think you've just got to be really careful whenever it comes to that stuff. I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that worship up on that stage every week is something that, that we should take lightly. And I don't want to speak for Megan, but I know that's something that she doesn't take lightly. And, you know, she goes into it with um, a lot of prayer and a lot of patience. And, um, you know, she deals with uh, a couple of teenagers up there sometimes. <laughs> so a lot of patience, but uh, they do a great job. But, um, you know, I, I just think that. Um, I think it's something that we should really be conscious of and, and really take the time. And, and I think that – I know in the past you picked out a lot of the songs and you did that, and I know now that Megan will pick out a lot of the songs, yeah. and I know that she does that too. So yeah. I think as long as you have somebody in that role that is kind of willing to do that due diligence, I think um, that's something we need to do. So what what do you think are some 
um, some things we should be aware of if we're doing music from churches that are controversial, such as the three we've named, among others. Yeah. What's some things we need to be on the lookout for? I think any any inconsistencies with scripture or something like that. I think, and I shared this with you recently. <laughs> you may end up wanting to cut cut it out. I don't know, <laughs> but um, I, and I don't know who sings it. But uh, you make me brave. Do you know who sings it? That's a Bethel it? song. That's a Bethel mm-hmm. song. Okay. Well, uh, I'll never forget. Megan told me this whenever um, she was still in youth, I guess, or maybe she was outside of youth. But you were the youth leader at Mount Harmony, and uh, she was leading worship over there. And they sang "You Make Me Brave." Uh, for whatever reason, one of her college friends had come with her that night and kind of hung out and watched her perform and do some of those things. And um, she came up to Megan after the after the song and said. Gosh, I just, that's the best Christian song I've ever heard in my life. And I love it so much. She said, you know, it just, um, it really speaks to the homosexual community and them being able to come out and be active in the church. And Megan thought, I have never thought, that. you know, I've never thought that that's what that song meant. But I think, and that, that's something that you've got to be careful about is, you know, how is everybody going to take these different songs you may take it one way and i may take it another so i think things that we can all agree on are biblical truths and things that we can we can find evidence of in the bible and i keep pointing to the stage i don't know why because that's where they sing that is where they sing yeah that is where they sing but i think that that's that's some of the things that we can do yeah one of the issues that came up um, a few years ago that that brought this to to light for me um I was still the youth pastor at Mount Harmony back then, and I'd been in debates with a couple of the youth pastors, and and we were we were pretty open at Mount Harmony to doing whatever. Yeah. Um, we didn't we really didn't have any restrictions on we had restrictions on songs, but not on the churches they came from. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, but we had an issue come up to where one of our our students we were doing it was Bethel, and we were doing Bethel music, and it she became really intrigued by Bethel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and started attending Bethel worship nights as they'd come around because uh, they they travel all throughout yeah, the country. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So she would drive to Chattanooga or to Nashville or to Asheville to, to see Bethel worship nights. Mm-hmm. And when they have those worship nights, they also preach a message typically. Okay. And and that's where I begin to to come up with the question: If we're promoting the music, are we promoting yeah. the churches? Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts? I mean. Is that a danger that you see? Um, I, I think it's a case-by-case basis because I am, like for me, uh, on my pen, like the thing that I listen to the most on my Pandora is the Elevation Worship Mix. And that's the one that, for whatever reason, like Graves in the Gardens rattle. Like I really like yeah. those songs. Um, and I like all the songs that they kind of play off of that. But for me... I know Elevation sings some of the songs. I'm doing it again. I know Elevation <laughs> sings some of the songs that we uh, perform on Sundays. Um, so for me, I think, oh, okay, well, I would really like to listen to that throughout the week when I'm on my drives and having my time of worship in the mornings. Um, but for me, it ends there. I don't, I don't have the, right. I don't have the desire to seek out any other message or do any of those things. Um, and I think too that you know maybe you could even tie that back. And nothing against Mount Mount Harmony or anything, but maybe you could tie that back to like the discipleship that's taking place at the church. Yeah, if people if people are getting fed in church um, and then 
we're giving them the tools to go and live that out in their day-to-day lives and they're you know doing the discipleship training that we challenge them with then maybe they don't need to to look elsewhere yeah but yeah to answer your question for me it's enough just to listen to them i know what i like and, and i'll listen to them i don't have any interest really in checking out any of their um any of their messages or anything yeah. like that another issue that that has been brought up to me by other pastors um who are kind of anti doing music from these churches yeah. is when we do the music from those churches, um, we're part of, uh, we have a license to do the music yeah. that we do. So every time we do these songs, it's actually registered. Um, we have to report that, or I think it's reported automatically. Just, does it just do it like through ProPresenter or something? Or uh, no, it's when we download the, the chord charts oh, and all okay. that stuff. I'm not sure how it all works. That's not really my thing. Yeah. But anyways, um, they get paid. Yeah. So the question is, and it's not much. I mean, I know that licensing on music, they get very little, but yeah. that adds up. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're putting out the kind of music they put out, yeah, they're bringing in oh, gosh, significant yeah. amounts of money. Well, how many songs do they have that are like eight, nine, ten years old that churches oh, yeah. still sing? Or we yeah. still Especially sing. Hillsong. I mean, Hillsong's yeah. been out since the 90s, I think. Yeah. Um, they were kind of the first wave of really yeah. popular contemporary Christian stuff before yeah. Chris Tomlin came along, but... So the question that they brought up, though, is, you know, we're supporting those ministries. We're, we're funding them. What, what issues do you see with that, if any? Yeah, uh, I think I've never really thought about that in depth, honestly. Um, but if, if there are some that, uh, that we don't agree with, then maybe we should take that more into consideration whenever we – kind of go through the set lists and do some of those things um and, and for me shame on me I, I don't really know that much about bethel hillsong elevation as a church apart from their worship music so yeah. i don't know well, whenever you say glad that yeah you don't. <laughs> yeah well so whenever you say uh bethel is um heret- heretical yeah i said it right yeah you did good um, job hey. yeah i felt pretty good about it. <laughs> jefferson county christy Shout but you can't out. spell it though. Yeah, I can. Eight, <laughs> I don't get into it. I've won two spelling bees in my day, but they were rush strong spelling bees. But they were spelling bees. So like run and sat <laughs> and end. Yeah, uh, the winning word in the twelfth round was apple. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, you know, like I said, shame on me. I, I don't really know exactly what all three of them do. I've heard people say, you know, we don't always see eye to eye with them on that. I don't know if Bethel. Um, is bad enough to where I personally wouldn't want to, you know, support them in any way. Yeah. So maybe I should do more research on that end. Yeah. We, we actually had a student who was wanting to go to the Bethel. They they, they have a school of worship. Okay. Um, like where you go to learn to be a worship leader. Yeah. And they wanted to go to the Bethel School of Worship. Yeah. You know. I think I know who that is. Yeah, actually. you do. Yeah. And I was uh, not happy. Yeah. Just to be honest with you. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I. Our stances at Northview Church, you know, Meg and I, we've talked about it in the past, but it's never really been a, a hot topic for us um, yeah. as far as planning worship. But kind of my stance as the pastor, and I would assume Megan's lined up with this, and elders, we've never even, it's never even been a topic of discussion, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, oh, I mean, we go song by song. We yeah. we don't necessarily look at the churches. Yeah. And, and the reason for that, I mean, there was a time in at Mount Harmony where uh, I was ready to ban Bethel and ready to ban Hillsong from yeah. us being able to do it. And 
Believe it or not, Chris Slager had some wisdom on this. Wow. Probably the only time in his life he has ever had wisdom. Um, other than the smarts. Hopefully he doesn't watch this. That's he. No. <laughs> other than the smarts to marry Jennifer, that's probably the only yeah. other time he's has, had wisdom in his life. But he pointed out there are um, hymns in the hymn book. Yeah. That we do not agree with the theology of the composer of those hymns. Yeah. Um, he said, so you're going to throw out the whole hymn book? Because you don't agree with the yeah. theology of the composer? And it, he, he had a specific song, and I honestly can't remember what that song is, but I did a little research this week, and I didn't know this. The song, Oh Holy Night, was based on a uh, – was written by a Jewish composer. He based it on a poem by an atheist. Wow. And then it was translated into English by a Unitarian pastor – so, like, none of that theology we would agree with. <laughs> Yet, even churches who have banned Bethel or have banned Hillsong music yeah. sing that every single Christmas. Oh, yeah. it's If it's not the most popular Christmas song, yeah. Silent Night probably is the most popular. And then Oh Holy Night's probably number two, yeah. I would guess. Oh Holy Night is my favorite. Yeah. I love to hear Megan sing it. I didn't know the story behind it. But, yeah. So, that makes you think... It, are we really going to dig into the beliefs of every single person? And maybe we should. Yeah. But I think it's more important that we dig into what the actual words of each song says. Yeah. So There was one other point before we get to uh, kind of the second bullet point here yeah. um, that I wanted to make. And I think with uh, people like Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, um, whenever we were going to plant Northview Church – you had uh, made a list of certain churches that that you wanted us to visit when we had uh, kind of a few weeks off from Harmony yeah. Fellowship um, dissolving and moving into Northview Church. But um, <laughs> Megan and I, we went to one that was not on the list um, because they offered a Saturday night service, and uh, it was Faith Promise. And um, I think the same is true of them, of the one time that I visited there. I think, and I think too um, – it needs to be appealing to people for people to come in the door. So I get that. But I think I think people like Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, Faith Promise. Sorry if I can't say Faith Promise, but it's Go for it. it's it's what I think. Um, I think that they put more um, put more energy into putting on a good show um, yeah. as opposed to gosh, we really want to worship with you guys. And that's probably unfair of me to say because I'm sure not every performer on the stage is that way. But um, the ones that I've seen and the performances I've seen, um, I kind of come away feeling that. Right. I, don't, I don't know if you agree or not. but I would probably agree. I've only been to a couple of Faith Promise um, services. I hadn't, I hadn't been there very much. Yeah. But I know people that go there. Um, I would say on the whole – we would line up pretty close with their theology. Mm-hmm. So maybe it, for them, it's more of the method of doing it that sure. we don't necessarily line up with. But yeah. if they were to write a song, we wouldn't have any questions about, and they have written songs. Oh, yeah. But we wouldn't have any questions about their theology. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I mean, there's things we disagree on, but nothing that I know of that's like, you know, yeah. big issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, method-wise, yeah, we don't line up with them. But theology-wise, which is yeah. the most important. Um, I think we would line up with them fairly well. Yeah, but sorry to get off track there. I no, just that's wanna... that's not off track. It's on the topic, kind of, sort of. Anyways, <laughs> so that's talking about 
the churches who write the music and mm-hmm. whether we should support them and even just ban the music outright. And I've already told you, as a church, we we don't. Yeah. You know, we're willing to do Bethel music. We're willing. We do it. We do Hillsong music. We yeah. do Elevation. Um, we do music from other denominations, charismatic denominations. Let's be honest. Charismatic churches do a great job of writing music. Yeah. Um, Baptist churches, not as well. But anyways, <laughs> so we we made the stance that that we're going to to be willing to do music from those churches mm-hmm. but we're going to do it song by song yeah. we're going to analyze the lyrics of the song and make sure they line up with scripture and with our our theological positions so that brings up the question uh there are a lot of songs that are great songs yeah that you know I listen to them personally, maybe, or or maybe we've done them a few times, or they play on the radio, and our yeah. our people love them. But they'll have a few questionable lines in them, and so should we do songs that have questionable lyrics in them? I think, and I have the advantage of looking at the notes, so I know what I know a couple of the specific songs that uh, that you you're going to look at here. Um, I think it's it's such a case by case basis because the two songs that we have that we're probably going to go over here I don't have any issues with yeah. and and I'll explain why when we get there but I don't have any problems with them yeah, I know well, some people do well, but. well let's just get to them then. okay these are these are probably there's another song we may may get to that's not on this list but these are probably the two most uh, discussed songs of the last five or six years yeah. Um, these have come up in the discussions that I've had, even with Pastor Martin at Mount Harmony, about whether we should do these songs. Yeah. One of these songs was actually banned at Mount Harmony. Yeah. We don't do it there. Um, we, we've we never done it here, and that's the song yeah. Reckless Love. What's your positions on Reckless Love? I have no issue with it. <laughs> Why do you think it's such a controversial song i think it's and i may be way off base but my perception of why it's a controversial song is because the word reckless and god are in the same sentence yeah um yeah that's that's really it i mean yeah god is not a reckless god he is a god of order he's a god of he he plans he he's a god of love but it's it's not a reckless love because to be reckless um is to take risks and he doesn't take risks. Yeah. He cannot fail. So if you can't fail, you can't really be reckless, can you? I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I hear you. I, I guess for me, like whenever I hear um whenever I hear reckless, how I hear it is he would do anything to have that relationship with and me. I'm sure that's the intent of it the is, writer. Yeah. It I'm is. sure it is. Yeah. But the question that had come up was do we want to put that word on the lips of our people in a corporate worship service yeah, and let them sing that like it's a truth when someone in this audience may take that as what the definition of reckless really is. Yeah, I think I, I personally don't have a problem with it. And I just think for me, I can differ. Like, like you said, I think his intent is to say that he would do anything um, to love us and do anything to have that relationship with us. And for me, um, I understand like God is order and, and that's what it is. And he's not, he's not a reckless God, but, um, the way that he loves us and the way that he strives after that relationship for us, 
to me, it makes sense, and I, and I don't have any issue with it personally. Um, you know, I guess as far as the corporate worship piece goes, I've never really thought of it in that context um, because maybe not everybody would understand it the same way that I would. Um, but and that's something that I struggle seeing a lot of times is no, this makes perfect sense to me. It's got to make sense to everybody, kind yeah. of thing. Um, so I don't know. I think uh, I think for me personally, when I'm if if I'm in the car and it comes up on my Pandora or comes on eighty nine point one plug, um, then I don't have an issue with it, and I sing to, at the top of my lungs whenever yeah. I hear it. You know, yeah. so but I, I guess maybe corporately, that's yeah. something I would have to think about. So. So listening to in to it on your own in your car or whatever, that's a little different than us putting it out there for the congregation. Yeah. So as I mean, you're a leader of the church. You're you're a part of the church council. You mm-hmm. you're a part of the decisions that that are made here in this church. As a church leadership, where does our responsibility lie in making sure what we present here on Sunday mornings does not give any hurdle to anyone in the room? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I think that that's something that that we as a church council and as a leadership team should be doing, and um, you know, not only on worship, but probably on like the small groups that we lead and like the youth groups that we lead and, and different things like that and different um, uh, curriculum that we're putting out there in front of the church because um, at the end of the day, um, you know we get to make the decisions on a lot of those things. And of course, you know, those aren't just flippant decisions that we're making. We, you know, we spend time in the word and spend time in prayer. Um, and you know, to the best of our ability, at least I, I can speak for myself. I feel like whenever we, uh, Megan and I choose a new curriculum for youth, you know, I feel like we put a lot of time into that. Yeah. Um, and it's a very intentional thing, um, where we do our due diligence and, um, some things like that. But, um, yeah, I think that that's I think that's very important. Yeah. So that brings us to the next song on the list, and that is um, honestly, this is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think the lyrics to this song. I mean, I worship to it every time I hear it. I oh mean, yeah, it is is an beautiful, an incredible song. song. Yeah. And that is the song "So Will I." I think it's a hundred billion times is yeah. the, the rest of the title or whatever. The song, you know, it's mostly about creation. It's just, I mean, it's a beautiful song. It walks yeah. you through all of that, and it really does praise the Creator. Yeah. But the second chorus of the song um, has a, a line in it that many people find problematic. Yeah. And the second chorus of the song reads this way. It says, as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath, evolving in pursuit of what you said. So it's got that word evolving in it. Mm -hmm. And as you know, we are not a church that stands on evolution. We believe that we believe in creation. We believe in microevolution. We do not believe in evolution as the the form of creation. Do you see problems with that word being in the chorus of that song? (laughs) Again, (laughs) Um, I don't. I just think uh, I, I I pulled this up while we were uh, talking. Look at you preparing. Yeah. So the definition of evolve um, 
at least according to the Oxford Dictionary, is um, develop gradually, especially from a simple to a more complex form. Um, and the example it gives, the company has evolved into a major chemical manufacturer. Um, so for me, I don't, I don't have an issue with that word being in there. Um, and you know, that's a word, you know, I don't use it every day, but that's not a word that I, as a Christian, am afraid to use, Mm -hmm. um, kind of in any, any context. Um, and and I just think for me personally, and I know that there are two completely, you know, two different schools of thought on it. One is no, we don't use that word and that's just something, but I think, I'm trying to think how to word this because it is a very sensitive, you know, it's a very sensitive thing. But um, for me personally, I don't have any, I don't have any issue with that word being in there. Um, And then I don't have any issue kind of using that word. Um, That word, it's not like a faux pas for me or anything. I don't, I don't have any um, reservations about using it. I don't either, and that that is not a song that is banned at our church. We yeah. we haven't done that in a really long time. Maybe we'll do it this Sunday. Uh, no, not on the list this Sunday. You know, maybe, maybe next that's, Sunday. Uh, that's the perks of being married to the worship leaders. I can get things on. That's the list, true. So. And it, it is a beautiful song, and yeah. I've never I never had issues with the song until I read the writer's intent behind the song. Okay, and he is. He believes in the evolutionary theory of creation. He believes in theistic evolution. Uh-huh. Um, I always viewed it as just what we believe. You know, we're every day we are evolving into yeah. different people. Um, all creatures are evolving in some sense, but the writer of the song does believe in the theory of evolution, which gives me pause in doing the song and then knowing um, there are people in our church who are very passionate about creation and evolution as we know from the last few months of being in our Wednesday night discussions Um, that is why I would be cautious about putting that out there because I could see um, some of our people seeing that word on the screen and being like taken aback yeah Um, so while that song's not banned I would be pretty cautious about yeah. whether or not we do that. Song. Well, and I understand that too because um, while I don't personally have an issue with it, and I wouldn't have an issue with it singing it out in the crowd on Sunday mornings, um, you know, if some I think about it like this too: if somebody were visiting our church for the first time and we sang that song and we sang "Reckless, <laughs> Reckless Love," <laughs> but specifically, so will I, since we're talking about it. Um, and it says the word evolving and they relate that to, oh, this church believes in evolution and yeah. you know, this is no big deal. Okay. Th- I like this. Yeah. You know, me or Megan or, you know, most people that I know would ask the question and would come up to you as the lead pastor, or come up yeah. to one of the elders and say, Hey, I noticed this word in the song. What, what does this mean? Yeah. But they may just take it at face value and think, oh yeah, yeah this church believes in evolution. So I think you do have to be careful there, so I get that. that, That's the caution that I think we have to be putting out there with the the songs that we sing. Now, um, I'll be honest, I I just don't like the Reckless Love song, not (laughs) not because of anything. I don't have it. If I, I mean, if I liked the song, I would sing it. You know, in my own, it would be on my playlist in my car. But we're not going to sing it in the church. So will I. I love the song. Yeah, it's just a beautiful song to me. I do too. it is still on my playlist, and yeah, I listen to it quite often. To yeah. be honest with you, I like the guy version better than the girl version because the drums are better. But 
Yeah, you always go with the better drummer, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know. So that, that kind of brings us to the last point we've got here on our list. If there are stances we're going to take in our corporate worship services, um, like I said, we're not going to take a stance. Uh, we'll, we'll take a stance against the church's theology, but we're not going to say we won't even consider their music. Yeah. We'll take it on a, on a case-by-case basis. But there are songs that we're going to stand up and say we're not doing that song. So if that's the case, if songs like the examples we've given, Reckless Love, mm-hmm. So Will I, what should our recommendations be to our people? You know, it, you like the song Reckless Love, yeah. I, I think, is yeah, I do. what I've taken. Yeah. So should I recommend to you that it's on your playlist? Yeah, I think, I think yes. Well, <laughs> let me think about it here. I, because for me, like I said, personally, I don't have any issue with it, and I like the song. Um, I think, I think that everybody probably just needs to take some a little bit of accountability in the worship music that they choose to listen to, and you know if it's not something that's uh, got roots in the Bible or um, comes from the truth of the Bible, then you know I think that that's on them as as Christians and as believers to kind of discern that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is one thing, and I, I'm going to get way off track here, so sorry. But this is one thing um, that we kind of, ch- you know, whenever Megan and I um, agreed to do youth, and um, one of the first times I ever got up in front of the church and said anything, um, you know, one of the things I said was, hey, you know, we're glad to do this, happy to do this, but discipleship starts in the home. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing. Um, for your choice in, in worship music, you know, discipleship starts with moms and dads and parents and, um, you know, believers leaning on other believers, you know, trying to figure that out, I think. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that we as a church do everything we can to lead somebody kind of down the right path. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to put in some of that work yourself. Yeah. So That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, like like I said earlier, I, I listen to So Will I. That's a song that I worship to because when I sing the word evolving, it is not, from my heart, it is not speaking of the attribute of creation. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a case-by-case basis. I don't have a problem with any of our people listening to any of these songs. Yeah, We just need to be cautious about what we put out there on Sunday mornings. Is uh, So Will I's Hill song, right? Yeah. I had no idea that that was that guy's intent on that. So. Yeah. I didn't yeah. either. <laughs> Are you, Somebody told me it was, so I went and researched it. Are you mad that you it. read it? Yeah, kind of yeah. am. Yeah. yeah, it kind of ruined it for me. But I still was it Slager too? So Slager no, gives this, this and takes it away? This or? was a youth pastor friend. Oh, okay. um, and it was a few years ago. We've done the song since then, Yeah, and, you know, since this conversation came up. But I don't know. I feel weird every time I do it now in, yeah. in church. I don't feel weird when I play it in my car. Oh, yeah. Um, but when we do it in church, it's like, eh. yeah. Well, I know, and you and I have talked about this separate from the podcast a few times, and I've noticed like not very often, but maybe once every six or eight months or something like that, we will sing "So Will I," and I'm like looking around, <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when we get to that second verse, yeah. just to see what people's thoughts are. So, yeah, that's, that's true. Funny, that's yeah. true. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, it, this is a debate that's been going on. You know, people say that uh, you've got the the hymn debate versus the contemporary music debate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a debate that's been going on forever. Oh yeah. You know, at one time the hymns that are in our hymn book were considered contemporary songs. Yeah. Um, and, and the argument's always been from hymn lovers is that hymns teach theology, 
and contemporary music does not. Yeah. Um, and I wholeheartedly disagree with that yeah. because there are, I mean, we'll go back to a song like Silent Night that we brought up a few minutes ago. There's no theology in that hymn. Yeah. Um, but you can't tell me you, you listen to a song like Oh Praise the Name from it's from Hillsong. The yeah. theology in that is deep yeah. and rich and you learn from it. I will I, I didn't share this with you, but uh, a few weeks ago whenever um I guess it's maybe a month ago now, when we got rained out and couldn't come to church that day. Yeah. Um Megan and I actually went and visited one of uh, a church that I used to attend before Mount Harmony. It's kind of a you know old country church, and I just thought, oh, it would be really cool to go back there and yeah. you know just kind of see some people that I grew up with and things like that. Um, their worship was fine. I mean, they sing out old hymns and nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But I told Megan whenever we left, like you know, especially over these past six or seven years with Harmony Fellowship, Northview Church. Um, I couldn't really – I didn't feel like I could worship yeah. with, with those songs, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Um, and some people can. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's finding whatever fits for you, but um, I, I thought that was pretty interesting because I, I've always said I love hymns, and I do, Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> so I love hymns. I prefer modern arrangements of hymns. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I love what we call contemporary worship music. I learned something the other day mm-hmm. um, from a, a wise – oh, it's a podcast I listen to. And he's talking about – he was talking about that debate, contemporary versus traditional. And he said, your church is probably not contemporary. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, what are you talking about? And he, he d- dives deeper into it. And he's like, if we're, song, if we're a church who's doing songs from Hillsong, Bethel, Elevation, we are not contemporary. Hmm. Because those are – that's done in a style that we consider contemporary. It's been around for 20 years. Yeah, well – he East said, Tennessee, it's still contemporary. Well, well his point was, <laughs> yeah. if you're looking at what a modern contemporary church is, the, you're doing the whole point of contemporary is you're doing what people hear every day on the radio. Yeah. So, churches that are contemporary now are doing hip hop, are yeah. doing, you know, more of the electronic kind of music things yeah. that we're not getting away with in Kodak. We might. I don't know. But who knows what what it's going to look like in a couple years? You know, keyboard. I don't know. Can she rap? Probably, yeah. <laughs> we get Daniel Morgan out here. He, sent, oh, he claims he, he can, can rap. rap. Yeah, yeah. He I bet rap. it would be terrible. I know Daniel's <laughs> not going to listen to this, so I can I can say whatever I want. So um, none of these people listen. Actually, they do because it's just your mom and dad. They know Daniel. Yeah. So, anyways, um, anything else you got to add to this topic tonight, Jesse? No, I'm, I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah, it was interesting to me. I hope it was interesting to somebody who's listening to this and maybe we answered a few questions or maybe we caused a few more questions. And maybe. If we did, we'd love to hear about them. Yeah. You know, shoot us an email. You can email me, Greg, at mynorthview.church. Um, you can reach out to us on Facebook through direct uh, message or you know any, any way that you can get hold of us. We would love to talk with you. And uh, we'd love for you to come check us out sometime. Yeah. We meet every Sunday morning at 340 West Dumplin Valley Road. At uh, Right now, we meet at 9 and 1030 a.m. We're doing yeah. two services each Sunday. Um, or you can always catch us right on Facebook um, live every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., barring any technical issues. And uh, you can find our home or right floods. there. Or floods. Or yeah. floods, yeah. I think we're out you of floods. You brought that season. up twice, man. Sorry. I hope we're out of flood season. So anyways, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, Reach out to us with anything. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Yep. See you guys. Thank you.